Wow. All right, I'm headed off Jesus TV here and we're doing Jesus is in this mess. Jesus in this mess. That's what it is. Jesus in this mess. And um, Emily and Jonathan are going to take over. I, Jesus told me I need to go to state conference, a church meeting. Okay, talk to you later. All right. So last week, Jonathan said some of the video didn't capture my art that we were talking about. So here's the art we were talking about. Um, I'll post it online so you can see like some different photos and images of it. But I think we talked a lot about layers and stuff. And yeah. And hold, hold it up to the other camera really fast. There you go. Just in case it doesn't catch the camera that's pointing down. Yeah. It looks like it is though, I don't know, but that's a good idea. Okay. It didn't look, uh, it looked like it was last week and it didn't catch it. So I just wanted to make sure. Okay. All cool. right. Should we pick up where we left off last week? Yeah, do you remember where it was? I wrote down, I wrote down on the back of this artwork, um, my one on the right here. Um, we talked a lot about the beauty and destruction and about letting things happen naturally, about man's chaos is God's order. Um, we talked about the idea of cleansing fire a little bit. Um, I talked a little bit about the, the forest in Germany and I was gonna research that and I totally forgot. And I think you said something like, you said, sometimes I think this needs a forest fire because life's too perfect. <laughs> Um, and that's kind of what, it, so this was all mostly, that was the last bit, I think. So it sounds like it was a lot about destruction and cleansing fire. And I don't know that whole idea of, I guess my, my thought would just be, you know, I asked the question, like, why do you think sometimes, like, why is fire cleansing, I guess would be a good question. Or why would you think that sometimes this needs a fire? I guess is kind of my thought, like. Or just in general, why are fires like, you know, for, fires are really good, supposedly, like, even though fires that are dangerous for people, um, new forest growth happens a lot after a fire and it gives nutrients and stuff to the ground, right? Or isn't it good for forests sometimes to like have a fire? It like it's part of the process. I don't know. I don't know well, that much about it, honestly. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. No, that's all. Well, that's, that's a good question. I don't can't say I completely know. I think it's one of those things that could go in the realm of it's a mystery. Um, and yet it's a mystery that we can approach. You know, we can begin to understand it by observing a little bit, I think. Um, and um, I think that, what was I going to say? Um, I don't know, but one thing that I can observe is that that seems to be the way of nature. It's a, it is an ecology. It's um, you know, it, you know there there gets to be, you know, too many rats, and then there gets to be whatever eats the rats. You know, they flourish and they eat too many rats, and then, you know, um, it's just kind of how it works. You know, it's like it's like there's too many gazelles, and then then there's too many lions and then there's too many gazelles and it just kind of goes back and forth it's like it's like um but that's kind of how god works in a sense it's like he created the world to work that way that it's like it's this kind of cycle of um 
of creation and destruction. <clears throat> but as humans, it's like it seems like we cling so much to our own lives. We believe that we are so much because we have this self-consciousness. We we have a consciousness of at least more of a consciousness than I think the animals do of of ourselves as as um I don't think that 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 animals um and and nature covets its own life quite so much as humans do um and I don't think that nature understands necessarily I mean you, you know if there's a forest fire you know it's like the trees I'm sure don't like it <laughs> I'm sure that uh you know, the animals go running away in fear, <clears throat> but so, but it, it does seem to be a part of it all. And it's something that I can't completely understand, but it's, it does make me think about that thing we talked about last time about how, um, how so many, um, so many of the, um, oh goodness. I'll grab it here in a second. Um, we were talking about. Well, I lost it. <laughs> we were talking about something. We we're talking about this thing of forest fires. We were talking about. We're saying um, like, this, oh, this life needs a good fire or a good cleansing fire. Right, right. Well, and it's that goes back to the idea of the evil and the light, the darkness and the light, right? It's like. It's like um for some reason it's like it's like um we need darkness and that seems really like a strange phenomenon um not to say that we should go seeking after it just like you know like a tree wouldn't go seeking after a forest fire but um that god in the head heavens which kind of ordains all of these things it's like he can see when you know when what's needed is is destruction you know it's like and i wonder if part of it is is that it's like it gets to be too good you know it's like it's like um it's like you so quickly forget where all the good things came from you know you so quickly begin to believe that you're the only one that has it figured out that you're you know and it's like and and so it's like even when christ came he uh you know it, it all ended he died it's like it's like he became sin went down to this terror which i don't know what that means quite but went to this terrible place you know and then it just he was wiped out you know so that he could rise again so um yeah so maybe it's like this whole concept of, a, well, like you said, like the light stands out from the dark. And I remember last week, um, this is what we were talking about with my heart, is how, um, so it's this one, and then I'll show up here. We were talking about how like something I do is I, I try to do, I always try to do a balance of light and dark in my artwork. And that's what we were talking about is how, if you don't have that contrast in art, it doesn't stand out. And maybe that, to me, that kind of relates a lot to what you're just saying. Like if you don't have that dark, you don't realize how much you need the light, I guess. I, it's, it's, I think maybe that's why there's that balance, you know, cause you just don't, 
like you said, you so easily forget. Like life's when life's good, it's so easy to forget God. But when like I'm really needing something, then I talk to him all the time. There's kind of a like you said, it's just kind of it's also just a natural way of life. And I like that. Like I like the whole idea that there's we talked about that a little bit too, about the whole idea how there's like seasons and there's like natural ways that things just happen and flow. But um yeah, yeah, talking a lot about that. I just gotta think about that for a minute in the side. Um, okay. I um <clears throat> I had I did have a thought, trying to remember what it was. It was about um about back and forth seasons, the contrast. Right. And I, I think the time that we're going towards is a time where there's so much light in the earth. And I don't quite mean the same type of light. I mean like um God is going to and is in the process of revealing knowledge, which will help us to understand the process itself. And the more we understand it, the more that we will accept the darkness. Um, it's like the person who who has, um, you know, going back to the the alcoholic who's who's been um, addicted to alcohol for so long, and they come to this strange place, you know, as they come into recovery where they. Um, they're so grateful for um, they're so grateful for the um, how do I put it for, for the they, they realize that their period of darkness um, was the thing which brought them to the light. So it's like you start to get into this place where you don't know what what's good anymore. It's like I have this deep and abiding relationship with God now, um, but that came because of this dark period. And I would—I have a knowing that I would never have this deep relationship if I hadn't gone through that darkness. Um, and um, and so so yeah. And there's there was the there's a scripture that I think is good in the new testament where it was where um i wasn't mary magdalene who came and washed jesus's feet i think and anointed his feet with oil and um he said this is in preparation for my burial but there was this place i think it was that and that that experience where he um he was kind of rebuked by the people he was with they were like you know this woman's a sinner or something you know and he said um you know, she who is forgiven of much loves much. And that's, that's a paradox. It's like, it's like, so you're telling me that if Judas was to return and repent, that he would love Jesus more than anyone. <laughs> wow. What a paradox. And what happens when your desire is to love much? What happens when you look out and you realize maybe we're in heaven, right? Before we came here and you like, you look and you're like, well, these people really love Jesus. How, how did that come? And, um, and, 
Uh, and God's like, oh, you, maybe you don't want to know. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's like, are you sure you really want that? Because that comes with a whole lot. <laughs> well, I, I remember years ago, I won't go into all the details of this, but I remember I I longed, I I, I was fascinated by, I. there's a particular person that I've always been fascinated by. It's Gandhi. Um, ever since I saw the movie when I was a kid, um, it's been a strange fascination. Um, like I was drawn into his life. Um, and I remember there was this one little clip that I found on YouTube and it was an actual clip um, where the BBC came and interviewed him. Go ahead. What's that? Did you say something? That wasn't me. Well, that was weird. Oh, you know what? I bet you it's somebody in Greg's garage. Because <laughs> he left running. Oh, in his house. Yeah, it's all right. They're getting ready to go to church. That wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I thought it was you. All right. So anyways, um, so they, um, so I, I, I used to watch this clip and it was this clip of they're interviewing Gandhi and it's, you know, five minutes long or something. And, um, and I was just, and I would watch it over and over again. I was just fascinated by the, like he had this deep, deep peace. Um, and I didn't really think of it as peace. It was just something about him. I just, and I, I, uh, it was like I was studying it, and um, then I was given this blessing at one time, um, and in the blessing, I was told, um, you've longed, you've seen Gandhi and others um, in whom you've seen this deep peace, and you have longed for this deep peace but you don't understand how it comes and you won't understand until, and I won't say what it was that the until was, but basically it was until this like terrible thing has happened to you. And the thing that was told to me was like my worst nightmare. It was the thing that I couldn't imagine. And it was like, whoa, Afterwards, I was like, I looked at the person who gave me the blessing. I was like, that was a blessing. But you know what happened? The very thing, the very thing. And it's like, and I'll tell you, you know, I'll tell you what happens when the worst thing that you can imagine happens to you in your life. The thing that you've, that you dread more than anything is that after that point, there's not much that can rile or, or ruffle you. It's like, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, so you're going to take me out and, you know, drag me behind a horse and kill me. You know, it's like, it just seems so small because you've already experienced the worst. <laughs> so I got it finally after it happened. You know, it was like, oh, yeah, that's how you come to have that kind of peace is that you face you know, it's like God brings into your life the worst thing that you can imagine, the forest fire, right? And after the forest fire, it's like, well, 
you know, what can there be that'd be worse than this, worse than that? Yeah. Um, I agree in many ways. Like, um, the whole reason I started Jesus so much was because of the worst thing, the possible worst thing that I thought could happen in my I life. Right? Greg, we put that on mute. Yours? Thanks. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, that was the whole reason I started Jesus is because when my in my marriage like so I've always been a very religious religious person like like obsessively religious I would say which I mean that's not that far concerning the Jesus I do I am period I am very obsessive um and uh so I was like obsessively religious like I would you know like growing up I would I read all of my major scriptures by the time I was like I don't know, like 16 or something. I like was so into all of that. And I was, and part of that was because of just coming from like a single parent home and just feeling abandoned um, by my father. And that was, that was a big part of it. So I was looking for that peace. I was looking for that, that comfort. And um, anyways, so I always knew that religion was really important to me. And so when it came to meeting someone and getting married, I, I, I found someone that I felt was really good and really kind and, and supportive, you know, and felt the same religiously. And like, that was all like really important to me. And then, uh, see how many years have we been married? Seven years, right? Isn't it always the seven year thing? Anyways, you know, seven years later, my husband's like, uh, yeah, I don't believe any of this stuff anymore. And I don't want to go to church and, you know, and temples and all of this. And it destroyed me. Like it, it was really hard, but I was already kind of a little bit broken. I already knew something was wrong before that. Like I mentioned before in the past. Um, and because I had support from other people who had been through hard things, um, I was able to feel more hopeful and I was able to be like, it's okay. As long as we're honest, we can get through this. If we can be honest about our feelings, you know, and not just living a lie to each other, then I think, you know, and then, so we worked on that and then, and it's actually been, we do have our times and we don't agree on everything, but it's still been really good. Um, you know, I've been very supportive. And I, so I think there's still that, but that was like the hardest thing for me to be like, I mean, I was, I literally had that question. I've mentioned this before where I was like, and it sounds really bad and it's, and it's, I don't know, I don't know if it's shallow or not, but I was like, well, if it's not forever, then what's the point of being married? Like that sounded, that sounds really stupid, I think in some ways, but that's what was going through my head. Cause there's a lot of reasons to be married <laughs> more than that. But at the time it, in, in my, in my thinking, you know, it was, and at first I thought maybe it was just like a phase, you know, and, and it's not a phase. And I've, and I've come to accept that over the last several years and I've come to be okay with that. Um, over the past like four years that it's not a phase but again it was the a lot of things about that were like the worst thing possible um and it was i don't know but again that's what made me seek jesus that's what made me look for answers and I, it's like something bad happens and you try to look for reasons right or you try to look for hope or i mean there's only two things you can do i think when something bad happens you can either get angry at the world which happens too there's always moments of that and you can sit in that anger 
or you can try to find like a hope out of it. You know, and maybe it's like the glass half empty, half full kind of thing. And so most of the time I, I choose to try to find some hope in that mess. Um, but yeah, it's, and that's not all the details of, of everything, but that's just the gist of it is just, it's, you know, when you feel so lost and you feel like everything's terrible, you know, that's where you, yeah, that's where you find God. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know, you can keep going. I'm just talking. That was really good. I, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, uh, and this is kind of a, um, a shifting of gears. And I don't know if we'll go down this road or not. But I just, I'm struck by the fact that, you know, I, people don't understand how forever comes. There's a, um, there's a song, I can't remember, let's see if I can remember it, how it goes, or at least the lyrics. Um, what, what's forever for? It's kind of a country western sort of song. Um, I've been lately wondering about. Um, it seems like nobody stays, um, nobody stays together anymore. Um, nobody stays together anymore, and and something about if we want forever, what's forever for? It's this idea. This guy's struggling because. Um, you know, a lot of people in his lives are getting divorced and um, and it makes him so sad to see these these um, these people throw away something, something that was at one time so good. And. Um, and. Uh, you know, it's interesting because I it's it's one of those things like I. I know that it's like in God's economy, there is a time for everything, right? So like, like there's a time to kill and a time to let live, you know, like the proverb, it's, um, that's how it is, you know, and there's a time for divorce. I totally get that. But, um, but what people don't realize, I think, is that it's like, um, uh, people don't realize is that like, you know, I don't know something about what you said. It's like, it's like, you know, if you had said that the circumstances were different, you know, um, and there could be different circumstances, but um, obviously like, you know, at this point, it's like, you've realized that there is something um, really good about your marriage, even if it doesn't last forever. And, um, and it's like, it's like, that's the way relationships are. And I think that's the way that family is, is that it's like, you have to hold on day by day. And it's like, I really, you know, I, I've actually had the thought, it's like, you know, having been raised in the framework that you and I were raised in, um, we, um, we talk and talk and talk about forever 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 families are forever it's become like a catchphrase you know and we say it over and over and over again you know and um it's one of those catchphrases that started to annoy me a few, a few years ago um and and it's not that it's not a beautiful idea 
it's that it's like it's like I don't know how to put it, but it's like it's um sometimes when you're so focused on forever, it's like one of the things that I that I that I that I've thought about is it's like, well, how does forever begin? It begins until death do us part. And it's like, and what I've discovered in many instances when people are so focused on forever, they forget that it's like, you know, like, you know, it's like it would have been helpful for them to also have the phrase till death do us part, you know, and it's like, it's, it's, um, I don't know, it's a delicate subject because I, I, I'm standing on one side of it, right? I'm not standing on the side of somebody who it's the will of God that something end because it's not of God, right? The thing that they are doing is not um, of God and it would be a sin to stay. I know that exists and I'm not denying that. But I found that in so many instances, it's like it's like somebody will have be married to a, a good woman or a good man and um and that good woman that good man experiences a forest fire you know they fall into some addiction they um they go through a difficult time with this or that they have a midlife crisis whatever um but it's not um I don't know. I think what I'm trying to do in my mind, the reason I'm 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 beating around the bush with this is I'm trying to divide a line like like and I the reason the truth is, is that I can't. And it's like um, it's like I, I it seems like a good attitude is that it's like it's like. Maybe I'm just beating around the bush, I think, really, I'm I'm for family. It's like I'm for hanging on to the person you know, who you think you can't hang on to. It's like, it's, um, it's part of um, my makeup, I guess. It's like, it's like I, um, and every time I see it, I just am in awe for one thing. And also just, I, I just, it fills my heart with joy because I know what comes on the other side of the forest fire, right? It's like I know what comes on the other side of the forest fire. It it, and I think God knows. And that's so. And I'll say this last thing. So I kind of wonder if that's why we can rest upon God. Like the scriptures are always talking about, um, like how God is looking at us like a bride, you know. And there's this scripture in Isaiah, I think it is, where it says, "Where's the bill of thy mother's divorcement?" You know, it's like, I've never divorced her. I've never divorced you. You know, it's like, it's like, it's this strange place of family. Like you don't like, you know, there's the scripture, can, can a woman like turn against her own child? And he says, even though sometimes a women do turn against their own children, I will never forsake you. And it's this, it's, it's this place of, it's like, 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 you may hate me, you may despise me, you may not want me in your life. I may have to withdraw and not even see you for decades. But that doesn't mean that this is over. 
It's like, and I, I love it when people take that attitude towards a loved one in their lives, towards, especially towards a family member. It's like, it's like, it may be over for you, <clears throat> or you may be so toxic, I can't even live in the same house with you. But like when I decided that you were going to be mine, I was serious about it. And I, and I will pray you back. You know, it's like the mother who prays for decades for the child and the child comes back. And I've heard stories about how like it was revealed to the child that it was because of the prayers of the mother. You know, it's like, wow, yeah. Anyways, that's another theme. I kind of went off the track a little bit, but I, I think it's important. <laughs> yeah, one of the thoughts that came to me as you were talking is, um, like the whole idea of forever, it's, I was thinking something like one day at a time until, and, yes. until like you just, you take it one step at a time and you keep, I don't know, or kind of like the whole idea of a seed that, you know, you plant and it grows and there's the different seasons and, you know, sometimes like, I okay, like I think of my raspberry bushes, okay. I love raspberries and we've been trying to grow raspberry bushes for years and it's really hard. Like, I think, I don't know if it's our ground or like the position of the sun, we have a lot of shade, I don't know. And we keep trying to try to grow them many different places. And we have a couple that have actually held on for a few years. And the weird thing is, um, I don't remember what type they are, uh, but they're of the type where like they die every year and then every year it grows a new kind of sprig or a new section. And it, it's weird because you think it's dead like you look at it and you're like, this plant is dead. There's nothing left here. I'm not gonna get any raspberries. And then the next year, or like even a couple months later, all of a sudden there's like a bush, there's like a ton of raspberries. And then, I mean, I'm certain, like before I'm like, I'm certain it was dead. Like it looked dead. It was brown, there was no green. It was 100% dead. And, uh, and I don't like dead plants. Like right now I'm going crazy with the winter, you know, cause I got dead leaves all over my yard. And, and there's just dead grossness everywhere and everything's dirty you know like when the snow melts i don't know you're in arizona maybe not do you have snow in the part of arizona you're in probably not no, no probably not yeah. but you've been places like that before where it's like the snow melts and everything gets really ugly like because it melts and then you're like all that's left is this ugliness and it's so february it's got to be one of the ugliest like in like utah or a lot of places where i've been like january is really cold and snowy February is just like ugly, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden things are like grass, like you don't water it for like six months, like for me in Utah. And then all of a sudden it grows and it grows back, you know, and you have to like, so this whole, I guess it's this whole idea of, it just takes time and there's, there's waiting and there's this, this growth. And I guess, yeah, like you said, there's a time and a season for everything, but also there's this time where it's like, you don't give up. Again, all circumstances and all people have Dickup's different circumstances. And, you know, I'm not talking about like if you're in an abusive relationship or, or those types of things, you know, but. Um, well, and can I interject there? Just, just sometimes even in those abusive relationships, sometimes the right thing to do is to get out 
Um, but that doesn't mean that it's over if if you decide that you don't want it to be over. It's like it's like um, sometimes um, sometimes if you this is where revelation comes in. I think it's like okay, what does God say? Does God say that this is death, or does He say that this is just dormancy? Like you say, this is just February, right? It's like, it's like, you know, and if the person has the desire to do good, the desire to repent, the desire to do better, well, then there's a chance. And that's something you can exercise faith in if you feel so inspired to do so. Um, another thing that's um, fascinating that you made me think of while you were saying that was that um, a paradoxical principle connected to this is letting go. So part of the way that we are able to have an eternal relationship with anybody with god with with anyone and with with a, a spouse with uh, a child the way that that transcends death is that you have to be willing to let go to the seasons so you know there comes a death you know an apparent death like you're talking about your raspberry bushes it's like you have to let go and accept the fact that this raspberry bush may have died it looks like it's died you know but at the same time, and, and, and I, I find that in relationships too, it's like we have to let go to God in a sense. It's like, so say you have a child or, or somebody close to you who, who leaves and they, they don't want to have anything to do with you. You know, you talked about you had um, a situation with your father where you felt abandoned when you were young. And it's like, it's like you, you let go um, of, of uh, it's like to the fact that this this is the end it's like and I'm, I'm going to allow this person like you're talking about your husband he's he's kind of coming to this agnostic place and it's like you let go to this place of it's like well i i had this type of relationship i no longer have that type of relationship like god giveth god taketh away and it looks like it looks like to me that i i'm not going to have this again so it's a paradoxical principle that when you let that person go let them become what they're becoming. Let them go through what they're going through. That actually is part of what opens the way for it to be different down the road. Um, it, 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 it's like that person needs that experience. Those raspberry bushes need to go into that dormancy. They need to look dead before they're going to bring forth new life. I don't know why, you know. Um, I think but, part of it, yeah, I was going to say, I'm sorry. I can wait. Okay, don't forget it. Done. I'm done. Okay. I think part of it has to do with the whole idea of like, um, kind of like unconditional love of this whole idea that I think about an experience I had growing up when I was a young teenager. Um, I had this neighbor who was, uh, she was a little bit younger than me and she was always at our house and she was really annoying. I mean, really annoying. And she would like steal stuff and lie and things that I worked really hard for. And I was like 13. I remember talking to my mom and uh, this is actually what started me in journal writing, actually this whole thing. So this, this neighbor, this really hard thing. And my mom was like, well, they don't have like the best home life. And you know, maybe they're all knowing and things because they want to see if you're going to reject them just like everyone at home has. Like maybe they're just trying to see if you really love and you really care about them. And, um, Anyways, through that whole situation, we actually ended up becoming really good friends for a lot of years. And uh, we haven't talked much lately. Um, 
they moved and I moved and like they all moved, but I, I still really love this person. And, uh, but it just, what it makes me think of is just, so people have to know how much you care. And like, if you can love, like when I was going through my stuff and when I learned some, like my husband and I, when I learned some of the stuff that he believed and I believed uh, differently, but when I learned what he thought, I would, and, this, and you have to look, I was like, actually, it's pretty amazing that he could still love me thinking that my beliefs are totally not true and just be like, well, I love you. And so I'm like, you look at it from the flip side, you know, like people are like, oh, you can still be with someone that doesn't have the same religious. And it's like, well, on their point of view, I'm the crazy one. Like, like there's a both, there's a different way. And, you know, there, it goes both ways. And, uh, I think there's something to be said. And again, I don't have a, a perfect relationship or a perfect marriage or any of those things, or I have hard times with my kids and with my family, but I think there's that whole thing to be said of just loving somebody through something. And sometimes those things take a really, really long time, like stuck for years. Sometimes it feels like you're stuck for years and years in the same places, but it's that whole idea of you just keep loving and you just spring does come. And then, like you said, like the whole raspberry bush, it dies and it comes back. You know, it, I don't know. That was just kind of my thought. Yeah, interesting. Do you want to tell us about what you're painting? Oh, yeah, it's just a mess. Um, so I'll hold it here and then I'll hold it up here. So um, I'm just kind of doing patterns. Uh, sometimes I like to layer abstract patterns. And I felt like blue, but then we were talking about fires and cleansing fire. So then I was like, I guess we'll use orange, but now we're talking about plants. I go to green, I'm like, am I getting too many colors? <laughs> so I don't know. I really don't know what I'm doing. It's just a mess. I'm just playing. I'm just playing with textures and with paint. And I don't know, this one will probably take me a couple weeks at least. Uh, so yeah, there's not... I kind of did a face on here, but you can't see it anymore and it doesn't look like a face anymore. So I won't point it out. But um, it's just playing. That's really all I'm doing. Yeah. I couldn't, I was trying to open one of my, uh, there are different types of paint mediums you can use with oil paint. And uh, right now this is just turpentine, which is kind of like the water of oil paint is what I call it. Mineral spirits kind of are. Right, they thin it out, they remove it. But I wanted to use the different stuff that was more gel-like, but I can't get either of my containers open. Like I couldn't open, I was trying to open them for a while and I was like, I can't do it. So I'm just doing another idea. Like that didn't work how I planned. So yeah, something yeah. I'm doing right now, this is something I would usually do with like brushes, but I'm trying not to. But this is definitely, if I was doing with the brushes, it would uh, be very quick and very easy. Um, I would be able to do it like, two minutes probably. And so I don't know. I'm like, do I really need to keep up with my left hand? I don't know. Do I? Yeah, you just gotta follow your artistic inclination. Because sometimes I'm like, why make it harder? It's already hard enough, right? <laughs> why? And then the other times it's like, so sometimes when I do art this way, I, I think about, um, there's so little in life that I have control over and there's so few things and that I don't always have control over exactly what my paint does. So I should say this, when I use a brush, I feel like I have a lot of control 
over what happens. And when I do all these textures and I use something else, it's like my area of control lessens and I don't have as much control. So I don't know. And, I, and I'm trying to, you know, I am trying to embrace the uncontrollable. Actually, what I probably should do with this would be really cool. It's got all like this oils and stuff on it. It would actually be really interesting to light this on fire and see what happened. Like, how would it burn? What would it do? And we talked about that a little bit last week. Um, it's actually a really good day for that. <laughs> Maybe I will. I don't know. There might be something about air quality, though. But uh, I don't know. You oh, know, I'm doing the. I I do it outside if I were you. Nah, obviously I'm gonna do it outside. I have like a big cement area in my backyard. Why would do it? Yeah, I would do it outside. I would not inside my house. I don't. My house doesn't smell like smoke. <laughs> I work too hard on this house to make it smell bad. Um, but what I was thinking of, it just reminded me of something like, it sounds really stupid, uh, but I just thought of it and I think it's funny. I guess when I do my art, I kind of feel like I'm God of this little universe. And like, I'm like trying to do different things and then it doesn't work out. And part of it's just letting nature happen. Part of it, I don't know, I mean, that's just stupid. But like, that's just what it reminded me of. Like I. So I'm, when I'm trying to let go of control, I'm trying to let go of the idea that I can control it, I guess is what I'm saying. And that things are gonna happen. It's the whole, oh, that's what I was gonna say earlier. The whole idea of letting go is so important. Uh, and that's, like I mentioned before, I, I have um, a lot of obsessiveness and anxiety and stuff. And part of it comes from, a, I just, I ruminate and I think about the same things and I get stuck on an idea. And I don't know if you guys, if you can see it here, I'll hold it up in a minute, but these are all kind of doing a circle, kind of like they're coming from the edges and I'll hold it up here so you can see it, maybe too. Okay, so there's kind of like these circles like this and it kind of comes into the middle. This yellow one is another circle, like windy thing and it comes into the middle in circles. This orange one kind of comes from the edge and it kind of comes in in circles. Um, just making sure I didn't get paint on my face, uh, but uh, yeah. And so this whole idea is like, it, it starts from the end and then ends up circling. And I feel like that's like what my mind does. You know, my mind just like circles and it just continually makes like a spiral circle. And it just, and it just keeps going. And I, and I just get stuck on these ideas. So like, I just did like a spiral there. I'll do more orange with it. Yeah, so that's, yeah, if I do it with my fingers, I can actually do this pretty good. When you said that had to do with letting go, what were you thinking as far as that goes? Um, just about what we were talking about, um, just choices of those I love and just letting go of the idea of feeling stuck in many, many ways, um, in many aspects of my life. You know, like I, I still feel fairly, and I guess I can say this on here, nobody watches, so I guess it's fine. I still feel fairly stuck religiously. Um, I don't, I still go to the LDS church sometimes, but 
when I go, there's so much I don't agree with that I feel like it's just false culturally. And I don't feel like they're true teachings of Jesus that it's really hard for me to go. I, actually, I guess for me, I'm okay, but then I don't know what to do with my family. I guess it's the more of the thing. And I guess that's where I'm feeling very stuck lately is I don't know where I should go or what I should do with my kids. Like, I don't know if we should, should we keep attending this, you know, the congregation nearby us? Should we try to find somewhere else? I've, I've tried to teach them on my own. They call it at home church. We do that a lot. And, um, but it's hard when I'm also questioning so much, but then maybe that's a good thing to talk about is to be questioning together. You know, maybe if I, I've actually thought about, um, some of them will ask about what we talked about on these things. And I've actually thought about, you know, probably my oldest could probably even just sit in the background and just draw or something while we talk and he might have some interesting thoughts, you know, it might be, yeah, I guess that's where I'm stuck right now. I feel very stuck religiously and I don't know. The more I learn and the more history I learn, the more I'm like, I don't know what to believe, I guess, is where I feel stuck. I don't know if you've ever come across that in your studies and things like my husband and I, we talk about this a lot, even with like world history, not religious history, you know, history is written by the winners, right? And so, and I think that's true. And so like, there's, it's so hard to know, like if I look at the history in the last couple hundred years or even things that happened in the last 20, I've never been a conspiracy theorist person. However, um, my husband and I are saying, sometimes I hear things and I'm like, that's plausible, you know? Like I'm not trying to look for a conspiracy everywhere, but then I, I learn different stuff or learn different histories and I'm like, huh. And then I think back and I'm like, that is something I always wondered about that kind of felt a little bit off to me. Or that is something, I don't know, do you get kind of what I'm saying? Like you, I don't know. So I feel stuck there. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, wow. So you open a can of worms for me there as this is, know, this right? is a yeah, this is a fun direction to go. Um, fun and kind of exposing, perhaps, but um, that's okay. I'm all right with that. So, um, but, you know, um, it's interesting. Um, just trying to find a place to start with all of that. Um, first of all, I, I do get you very much. I am in a very strange place, which I don't understand. I only recently, I tried to go back to the LDS church um, recently. I thought it would be a good place for certain people that I love to go, and um, and uh, it didn't turn out to be a good experience. Um, but it uh, it wasn't horrible either. It, it 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 you know it was just certain, like you say, it's mostly cultural. It's it's um, but but it's strange. It's like I I actually embraced. I finally embraced. It's about a year ago. I embraced just maybe a little more than a year ago. More than a year ago. I embrace the fact that I do not feel comfortable within the framework of a of a religion. Um, now that does not mean that I don't count myself as one of them. Um, that I don't uh, consider that I still am of that tribe to some in su to some extent. Um, it's like I wrote. I think I wrote a poem once about that. That you know, it's like. Um, uh, about being, you know, it's like, like, um, uh, 
just because I, I can't embrace everything that you embrace doesn't mean that I don't rejoice with you and the things that I do um, love and, and, and embrace. Um, it sounded a lot more poetic in the poem. <laughs> but um, so that's the first thing. And here's the strange part. It's had me in a quandary because the people, oftentimes the people I feel most close to I don't know if I'd say close to, but the people that I can talk to, um, some of them are are um, have religious inclinations. Many of them do not. Well, and many of them do have religious inclinations, but they're salty is the best way I can put it. There are people with very kind of like unsavory lives in some ways, um, but they're really genuine, like like. I feel comfortable because I feel like they're completely being themselves with me and they're kind of a fascinating creature. So, but, you know, it's like, they're not the sort of people I'd want to live with or the sort of people that I'd want to like spend a bunch of social time with, you know, it's like, um, uh, you know, but they've become to be part of my life. So that's one aspect, but, um, the other aspect, I, I think this gets down to a core principle, which is mistaken. I wrote a poem about it recently. If it hasn't come out on the podcast, it will sometime. Um, it's, it's not already come out, but it's, it's about, um, well, there were two poems. One was called The Completeness Doctrine, and then the other one was called um, Infa Infallible. It was the first issue, the first episode of the podcast infallible um and it's the principle from what i can tell it is the principle huh, heresy is the word, word that comes to mind but it's um it's the principle um false idea that that i think destroys many people's faith and it's this idea of something being completely right okay so it's like it's like you know say I'm raised a good Mormon, you know, and all my growing up, I'm raised, and it's like there's these true pillars, these pillars of truth within my framework of relig my religion, and it's, they're helpful, right? They're, they're ones that, that point me towards God, but then there's these other ones, and one of those pillars is the, pure, the pillar of infallibility, and for, for those of us who are raised LDS, it's the idea, you know, it's like the prophet will never lead you astray, you know, um, for Catholics, it's the Pope is infallible. You know, what he says about doctrine is infallible. I'm, I'm probably making a lot of, you know, there's, you know, like, you know, half of the six people who watch this may tune out after this. <laughs> but uh, the one for, for I think, um, for Christians, um, for uh, particularly Protestant Christians, they have this idea of sola escritura. So it's like only the scriptures. And so for them, it's, it's the Bible. It's like all truth has to be, you know, found in the Bible and, and, and there can be no truth outside the Bible. What I've discovered in many instances is it's like, it's actually, it's pretty good that, to look to that book. It's just that in so many instances, what I found is that, is that it's not actually the book, it's, the, um, it's their views on the book, the way that they've interpreted it or the way that their pastors interpreted it, or whatever. But this idea, so, so imagine now, you've got somebody, 
who's raised within a faith, and within that faith, there are certain views which are helpful and certain views which are not helpful. There are certain things that they're getting just right. Well, rarely do we get things just right, but they're getting them more right, and there's some things that they're off on, right? But one of the doctrines is we are right. This is another poem I wrote. We're right because it's us. <laughs> you know, it's like we must be right because we're the Mormons. We must be right because we're the Catholics. We must be right because we're the um, sola escritura, you know, um, uh, uh, Protestants. And so then, so, 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 so taking, for example, like, you know, like, so what you've done basically all growing up is you've bought into this idea that everything that you're being taught is true. Okay. And then there comes this point in your life where you discover that one thing appears not to be true. And at first, what people usually do is they fight like hell. They just like, no, that can't be right. But then eventually they discover that it's not true. And then guess what happens? They discover another thing and then another thing. And when enough of those things mount up, what it does is it destroys that false pillar of infallibility. Right. So that it's like, it's like, okay, so now, and so, so basically their religion either had to be all right or all wrong. So now they begin to question everything. <coughs> and a far better idea, and it's like, this is why I think that, that many of the people who are, are seeking God, many of them are on the outside right now, because it's like we live in the age of the internet. It's like, you know, you can't be a member of a, a certain framework, and, you know, and people are isolated to your framework anymore. It's like all they have to do is type, type in a few search words, and they discover, you know, new things that they weren't expecting to find they, they discover this they discover that so it's like those who are seeking for truth now strangely those who want it more than anything those who want to repent of their false beliefs are finding themselves having a hard time being on the inside because on the inside you're not allowed to find faults you're not allowed to um like the question, right? It's like because the it, with on the inside, it's still an infallibility doctrine. Now, now what would be great? <coughs> what I think would be great is if some of these frameworks were to start embracing. You know, I would love it if the Pope were to come out and say, "You know what? We've said that the Pope is infallible, like forever, but I'm not infallible." It's like you know, you guys got to pray about all this stuff you know um but but i think they struggle to do that because it, part of it's that they, they have a degree of power but it, you know i don't believe that all of them are, are these horrible wicked people that just want power sometimes they feel a responsibility like like well you know if i say that then you know it's like that could, could you know they know that it will fracture many people's faith when the minute that they say that and so they say, well, I better keep doing things the way that they are. But what's going to happen, I think, is they're going to discover that it's going to fracture um, if they don't. It's like, um, yeah, so any thoughts about that? Um, yeah, I agree with a lot of it. 
so I guess, yeah, that's um something I came to a conclusion of something similar in a 2018. It reminded me of I thought I had been. The problem isn't so much that, well, it's, yeah, if there was an admission to being fallible, then it wouldn't be such a big deal, I guess is more of what it is. If, it, if someone in like a leadership position was going to come out and be like, yeah, we taught this and we were wrong and, or we don't really know, or, you know, like if there was this whole idea of that, then I'd be like, okay, yeah, we can all be in like the not really know together. And it's okay for me to think differently, you know, but if it's just like, no, this is the way it is. And this is always the way it is. And no, you can't question this. And how dare you bring in your other ideas. And so I don't think there can be learning if there's not like true discussion with differences of belief, right? Um, so I'm like you, I, I would say I'm kind of more, I have a hard time with pretty much any organized religion, but that's where it makes it hard for me with my children is then I don't know what to do there. And that's where I, like, I feel like I'm okay. But then what do I do with my children? Because I feel like, I don't know. So I feel like the organization is good for kids. It's kind of like, like, I think you need to have in art, um, they always call it, you have to know the rules before you break them. Kind of a thing, like, you have to have some kind of basis. And what we're trying to do is we just try to talk about a lot of things and be like, it's okay not to believe everything you learn and to have different beliefs. Um, and be like, other people might not like that you have different beliefs, but it doesn't mean you can't have different beliefs. Because you still can. I don't know. That's just what I've been questioning a lot uh, throughout this week, actually for a long time, but just, you know, what direction to go, what direction to, to lead my family. And, you know, are some of them too young to understand, you know, because my kids are pretty young. I don't know. So that's where well, I feel I, like, yeah. <laughs> go ahead, sorry. No, that's, that's pretty much it. I just feel stuck. Well, and I've learned with kids, it's hard with kids because with kids, they need blacks and whites. Yeah. They really need, they need it to be like, you know, stranger danger, you know, like don't, don't speak to strangers, you know, they, they kind of can't get quite the concept yet of like, some strangers are good. Some strangers are bad. It's like, well, how do I know? You know what I mean? It's like, they're not mature enough to really understand those things. Um, what I wonder is if, if, it, if, um, Wow. I, to be honest, I, I, I actually, I don't know if I have a really good answer because it's something I've, I've questioned myself, but I, I think one thing that does encourage me is I think that children learn a lot more from the way the parents are than what they say. It's like they, they're learning so much by the things you do day in and day out. It's like, um, it's, and that's what I think leaves the biggest impression. And no matter what road they end up going down, um, you know, in their future lives, it's like the way that they go down those roads, the way that they are with the people, with the tribe that they choose to associate with is I think far more important. Um, cause I think we've had the idea that it's like, I think we've had the idea that our religion was the thing. It was the thing for what we were seeking. But the truth is, is that the religion was just pointing to something. And what we've done is we've worshiped the signpost. You know, it's like, it's like what it's, 
you know, and, and the truth is, is it's like, it's like sometimes within certain frameworks, you'll find more truth than within other frameworks. That's true. Sometimes you discover that, that the things that you thought they were wrong about, they were right about, but all that's found out through that discussion you were talking about. It's like through bringing up the, you know, the differing views and saying, well, you know, I, I don't get this part of, you know, the history. Why did this happen? You know, and and maybe somebody has a good idea about it, or you pray about it, right? So like, God, what do you think? I've gotten a lot of answers that way. You know, it's like from my my history, it's like I went through a period of studying the history a lot, and and um, um, I don't really anymore, but um, it brought me a lot of answers. What it really did is it brought me a lot of questions. And so I took those questions to God. And okay, so may I'll, I'll wrap my, my comment up with this, and that is that I wonder if all of this is to bring us to God. It's like, because I think what we're being taught right now is that there is no framework, there is no parent, there is no mentor, no guru who can give us the answers, that the answers are going to have to come from God. So now we are brought to the correct position, the place that we should have been all along, not looking to... Um, to, to those things, but to but to God Himself. Not to say that we may not feel impressed to be within a framework. And well, and I'll say this last thing. Sorry, one more thing. I don't know what to do with it. I feel like, in a way, I'm I'm not in the right position by not being a part of the framework. There's certain things that I can't participate in because I'm not part of the framework. Um, I don't feel like it's perfectly the way that it should be. I wish it was. Um, so maybe God will bring it back together in the end, but maybe for this period of time, he wants us to be seeking him on our own in our closets. Yeah. And well, the other interesting thing with that, that also gets confusing because, you know, I hear, you hear that a lot, the whole idea of you pray and you feel for your answer and things, but sometimes those answers or those feelings change. Um, so like things you know, so it's like, there's this absolute truth and something that I thought was absolutely truth. And then I get older and I learn like, oh, it's not, you said kind of like the whole infallibility, fallibility thing. And then I learned, oh, it's not an absolute truth. And so something I started saying is, but it's not like that truth is bad. It was like, I needed that idea to come to the next idea. Like it was part of, again, the process. And so sometimes I've just been like, this is my truth. Um, like, for example, I mean, different truth. So for example, like I sometimes, uh, with my addiction recovery friends, we call them like personal commandments. Like one of my personal commandments is I can't have my cell phone in my bedroom because I will stay up all night looking at it. I can't do it. I, I don't have the, um, it'll distract me and it'll make me not sleep. I'll just get sucked into something. I just don't, just can't do it. I don't, so I think, I don't know. I think there's something to that. Like you go a direction and you, you try it out and yeah, I don't know. It's, it's definitely something that causes me uh, a lot of anxiety. Um, again, since I've started talking to you guys, it makes me feel a lot better religiously, just being like, oh, I have someone I can talk about the ideas that I have in my head um, that not everybody agrees with. And I love that. So it gives me like a place to have like a sounding board. But I feel like with my children, you know, they don't have enough background to do that. Like, I feel like, I guess I feel like studying scriptures is really important. I feel like, like, 
kind of having a found, I guess, reading something and having a foundation or like being like, what do you think about this and having a discussion about it. I guess it's kind of like that. I guess think of it like school with learning. You know, there's things I learned in school growing up I thought were totally true and they're not. Same thing, you know, and it's just like this whole idea of learning or um, one uh, quote, I'm going to slaughter it, but one of the quote or ideas that I really like is the idea in um, science is, is like the only thing where they can be like, this is what it is, this is science, and then it changes the next year from a discovery and everyone's like, oh yeah, yeah, it's still science and it's like totally fine, but then like religion, if that happens and everyone's like, that's it, it's all wrong. You know, and so it's like this whole idea or if science is this continual seeking for truth and finding things that make sense a lot. And I think that's kind of the same thing for like personal religion. It's like, I'm trying to find the right thing that makes sense. You know, is there atoms? What's inside of an atom? You know, what's inside of this? And this, you know, as you go on, you learn more and more. I don't know. That's kind of what I was thinking, but we probably need to stop. We're getting, okay, yeah, we've just been over an hour, but um, I'd like to talk about that more actually uh with greg i'm interested to hear so what I'm, I'm interested to hear what he thinks uh one of the reasons i really like talking with both you and greg is because you do have these different ideas and uh when i first saw greg's stuff i was like oh that's really mormon i don't i don't know and then i was like oh okay it's not there's definitely that background but there's not you know he does things that are different than a standard mormon and so then it was like oh that's okay kind of a thing, right? Because I don't know, there's just, yeah, there's that thought. So anyway, so that's what this painting is about, I guess. It doesn't really look like anything. It is, it's a mess of circles and spirals. And I guess that's me um, trying to figure out what direction to go and I don't know, I guess is what you could say. And uh, one thing stands out and I hold on to that and then I hold on to something else. And I'm not sure where to go. I guess that's kind of where this one's going is this whole idea of, I don't know. I think it just needs a good cleansing fire, <laughs> right? Um, of uh, where to go. It's kind of all I have for today. I should write down some of these thoughts too on the back of this. Yeah, maybe just write something down so that we can remember where to pick up with Greg. Yeah. But... So let's see, today is the... 19. So 19. So some of the ideas that we talked about were um, not knowing. What? Sorry, go not ahead. Not knowing. Not knowing. Not knowing like what is true or just not not I don't knowing. Know direction, truth, I'll put question marks. We talked about um, uh, the infallibility thing. Um, fallibility versus infallible. We talked about organized religion. Talked about learning through open discussion. Yeah.
Oh, I did think of something throughout today that I was going to say that I forgot. Um, back when you're talking about Gandhi and stuff, um, I believe this just goes with some of the teachings of. I make me sound like an idiot, but Gandhi was Buddhist, right? He was Hindu. Hindu. Oh, totally different. Dang, got that wrong. Um, anyways, there's a Buddhist thing. Uh, one of the. I love Buddhism, and I, I love a lot of stuff that are taught in that framework. But um, one of the ideas is that suffering is wanting things to be other than what they are. And so mm -hmm. when you're, you have that suffering, you have that peace when you just accept life. In, in addiction recovery language, they would say accept life on life's terms. So it's the same thing. Like you, you know, it's, it's wanting things other than what they are and just being like, this is what it is. It is what it is what am I going to do? And just so this idea of just like acceptance and letting go of, of um, outcomes and life and things. I think that's kind of, yeah, I guess that's kind of what I was just thinking. So I like that idea. I got a lot of stuff on my hands, so I've got to try to clear it off. Okay. Oh, all right. Um, well, I guess that it then, do we? Yeah, I think we're, um, I do have a question that one of the things I, I wanna, I've been working on, this is kind of just business stuff. So Greg, you can cut it off at this point. 